You're with Grandstand. Grandstand Cricket. It's gone! Left arm over the wicket, straight through extra cover for four. Grandstand Cricket. Live and commercial free. The Ashes. He's on 199, mowing bowls to him. And here's his 200th run. He clips it away to mid-on, lifts the helmet, raises the bat. A double century on Australian soil for Steve Smith, franking his genius. Rare mastery in this young captain. You know, that's why we play the game and, you know, to have moments like that, you know, I love scoring big runs for my country. The Battle for the Ashes, Australia and England, live from the Wacker. Mitch Marsh on the verge of a century. He drives hard, he's got it! He charges off towards the crowd, towards the pavilion. How Mitch Marsh has craved this moment. Pretty emotionally out on the ground, had to sort of hold it together. I don't know, it's taken me 22 tests, so to have to wait this long, it's uh, very sweet. A test century on his home deck, no less. A kiss of the badge, a big hug for his captain, and a lifetime ambition achieved. It means a lot for me to make 100 in front of my grandparents here at the Wacker. Like, They've kind of watched me every game for the last eight years and have my family here is, is, ama is an amazing feeling. Grandstand Cricket. We've had a great day, but we've got a chance tomorrow to really put a strangle on them and, and get a big lead. On ABC Radio and on ABC Grandstand Digital. After the most spectacular day of batting, Australia has England by the throats and the urn within reach. But it'll take a bit of strategy from here to actually get it done in Perth. Australia will resume at four for 549, with Steve Smith on 229 not out and Mitch Marsh on 181. The trouble is it's a bit wild in Perth. It's been windy and we've had showers this morning. If you took the forecast at face value, you would say we'll be uninterrupted till lunch. We might get the second session in full. But then from four o'clock, the deluge comes and it will wipe the rest of the day out and well into tomorrow as well. So how will Australia approach the 146-run lead and an all-out assault on England in a short period of time? Jared Waitley with you out in the middle of the wacker. Chris Rogers is with me. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jared. How would you go about it? Uh, I, I think Australia would perhaps look at batting for about an hour. That'll give them about 15 overs try to get another 100 runs. That'll put them roughly 250 in front and then just attack as hard as they can. Hopefully then giving them an opportunity to even try to bowl them out before the rain comes today. Simon Kadditch, good morning. Good morning, Jared. Good morning to our listeners. What's your captain's eye tell you? Oh, I think Australia will move quickly this morning. I think Mitch Marshall will certainly try and get that double 100 and then after that happens, or if it happens, uh, he'll try and start bombing them into the crowd. And I think if Australia, as Chris said, can get to 250 in front quickly, then there's a good chance they'll be out there bowling before lunch and having a crack at the England top order. There's a heavy em emphasis in Australia's warm-up on the bowling and the fielding, which uh, might be the best indicator. It was such a memorable day yesterday. How would you come away from it, Chris? Oh, well, two things. You, you, you've got one guy at, at the, the top of his game. I mean, I... I don't think you can play any better than the way Steve Smith has played in this innings. Um, and Mitch Marsh, a, a guy who's been given a lot of opportunity in um, the Australian Colours, uh, 21 tests before this one, hasn't made it his own, 
probably has doubted himself for a long time, but played an innings uh, he'll never forget and, and established himself in this side. And, and that was that celebration that we saw from him. That, that's one that will live in the memory for a long time. They were moments to save us, Simon. They were. It was pure joy. It was thoroughly deserved from Mitch Marsh. He's gone away. He's done hard work on his batting. He knew he needed to be in the top six batsmen in Australia to earn this spot back. He's done that. It's only one innings. Remember that. He'll know that as well. There'll be a lot of good people around him to, to remind him that it's, it's only one small step. He's still got a long way to go as a top six batsman. You know, It's not just in Australian conditions. It's going to be in India and England and places like that. But the signs were really good yesterday, and, and Steve Smith just guided him through beautifully, as he normally does. Oh, I think you're right. I think you won't get better batting conditions than, than he had, and the game was set up a little bit um, for him. But what was most impressive was um, it looked like when he was last playing for Australia, he needed to address um, some technical issues. He came out, played yesterday, and, and he looked a different player, didn't he? He's obviously worked hard on it, and and look like he, he now believes he's, he is a top six batsman rather than a bowler who, who bats as well. That's exactly right. It was the manner in which he scored the runs. That was the thing that was most impressive for me. Yes, he's got a lot of runs, 181, but it was the way he did it. And he did it against a new ball as well early in his innings, which is impressive as well because there would have been nerves for him out there first test back, but he handled it superbly. So let's revel with both of them. Steve Smith, as is his wont, he was the first one to arrive here. He walked through the gate and went straight out to the middle and he spent about 15 minutes inspecting cracks and scratching away and having a look and plotting how first he would bat and then I don't doubt how he would attack England. You're about to hear from him as he joined us this morning. He's on 199. Moen bowls to him. And there's his 200th run. He clips it away to mid-on. Lifts the helmet, raises the bat. This is an innings that has been destined for this mark seemingly from its earliest moments. A double century on Australian soil for Steve Smith, franking his genius. And an extra swirl of the bat to his teammates into the crowd. Rare mastery in this young captain. An extraordinary day of batting and Steve Smith at the forefront of a, a double century as the Australian captain. Steve, congratulations and welcome. Thanks Thanks for having me. How'd you reflect on it last night? Uh, it was a very good day. Um, I was a little bit tired last night, but you know we got ourselves in a, a nice position, uh, 146 in front and um, good opportunity to, to try and post a few more this morning and, and perhaps have a crack a little bit later on. What's the physical and mental toll of such a, a lengthy inning, Steve? Uh, I was actually really tired at tea yesterday and um, was struggling a little bit then and went in and had to have some sugar and a banana and something to eat and um, I don't like to eat too much when I bat so uh, the, the strength and conditioning coach Kellett basically forced it down my throat and said you need something and which was good in the end because it, it switched me back on and I actually felt really good in the last session and I was a little bit tired last night but um, a good tired after batting for, for, for so long. Yes, you said in Adelaide, I love to bat. It must have just about been the dream to bat all day like that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I really enjoyed it, particularly out there with Mitch, who, who was playing so well and scoring so freely. Uh, just enabled me to just, just keep batting and, and keep batting and, uh, yeah, hopefully a few more this morning. What have you seen in Mitch Marsh's game in the changes from last time when he got dropped? 
I think his defence, he softened his hands up a little bit. I think he, he actually nicked one yesterday and it, it went down and, um, you know, didn't carry here at Perth on a wicket that's been pretty quick, to be fair. So, you know, I think that's something that he's improved a lot. He's softened his hands up. But, he, you know, he was just defending the good balls and, and anything that was loose, he was just putting it away. And, you know, we spoke about it out there. I said, that's, that's just batting, you know. He, you just, that's how you do it. And um, he was really confident and played exceptionally well. And yourself, it looks like a lot of the balls that you hit are right under your eye line. Is that, do you have any cues for, for anything when the ball's coming down? Uh, not really. I guess it's just getting across into the position that I've been getting in for a while uh, with my back foot on off stump or, or thereabouts and then, you know, just watching the ball. If, uh, if it's at my stumps and it's a good length, just defending it. If it's too full, hitting it or, you know, just defending good balls and putting away bad balls, really. From outside looking in, your level of concentration looks almost superhuman. What do you do to be able to focus and bat for that length of time? Uh, not think too much. Um, just keep batting and keep enjoying it. Um, you know, I prefer be out there. I, I don't like watching cricket that much, to be honest with you. So I prefer be out there making runs than, than up there watching someone else do it. So, um, yeah, I guess I, that just motivates me to, to try and score as many runs as I can. Are, are there mental cues that you're using to switch off and on? Uh, not really. I just sit on my bat at the other end if I'm off strike and just try and relax as much as possible. Um, but no, nothing nothing too different, I don't think. Fair enough. Is that as well as, what, particularly um, the first 92 runs of your innings, is that as well as you could possibly play, do you think? As well as you could hit the ball? Yeah, I think that, that first night was um, I was on, as, as you sort of say. I was, I was in the zone and everything hit the middle of the bat. Um, I felt incredibly good. Um, probably didn't feel quite as good yesterday, but um, still came out really well, came off well and, um, and got the runs that we needed. But yeah, that first night was um, yeah, probably as good as I felt. And have you got a target in mind for the lead or is it more about time? Uh, we'll see how we go this first half hour this morning. Um, I think there might be a little bit of rain around later on this afternoon, so you know that might come into our thinking. But we'll see how the first half hour goes, and we'll we'll reassess then. Do you feel like you have them on the rack by the end of yesterday? Uh, I think we're in a good spot. Um, you know, if we start really well this morning with the bat, then we can certainly put England under a lot of pressure. Uh, are we going to see some fireworks this morning? Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll sum up the first first little bit, see if it's swinging around. And, you know, they've got the new ball in, in eight overs. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> Good luck. We'll see you too. Thank you. Steve Smith with us before the day's play. is When he talks about his batting, it's just so natural. I wonder, you two have played so much cr cricket. Uh, I guess there are the gifted ones that it just comes to. It certainly sounded that way. I thought he might have had an explanation for how he addresses the ball coming down at him and obviously every batsman says watch the ball to themselves but just thought there might have been some cues with the way he keeps his hands close to his body and, and then obviously the impact of when he hits the ball but it just happens naturally for him and I guess that's something that he's worked over for so many years has become a repetitive habit now and it just happens purely through that repetition. Yeah, it's like he just immerses himself so much in the contest that it just takes over and he, and he doesn't think too much. I think if you speak to most most players who, who get to this level, they do have a, a consistent 
process, where it, whether it be mental or technical, um, that they repeat to themselves every every ball. But with him, it just looks like he's in a zone, um, and, and he's just letting his bat do the talking. It's it's an amazing mindset in itself, isn't it? Well, he's so confident. He, that's the big thing. I think mean, you see it when he first comes to the wicket, and that's. The thing is, he always has to start again. Every wicket's different, every test's different, the bowling's different, but he just walks the crease and puts the pressure straight back on the bowlers. And the way he played on day two, it was it was a byproduct of just being so confident in how he was throughout the series so far, but also because of the conditions. And he loves this wicket with the ball coming onto the bat, and it just aided his game. It is greatness that we're witnessing. It's an average of 62 high. There's all manner of ways to statistically divide it up and compare it to every other batsman through time. And uh, it is becoming commonplace now to, to refer to him after only Bradman, uh, which is always, there's always that overreach as it's happening. But I think it gives us the context is this is rare and we should revel in it and savour it. Yeah, from my point of view, and knowing, you know, played a lot, watched a lot of players um, play a lot as well, the game's not easy. It's difficult. You know, the bowlers have got skills. They, they can do things with the ball. The pitch can, can have variable bounce, but he's just making it look easy. It looks like it's just so natural and that any kid could pick up a bat and walk out there and, and, and play like that, but it, it's not like that at all, and, and that's... Well, it's almost uh, so amazing that he's just making it. He's playing on a different level than anybody else, it seems. And the impressive thing for me is that he's doing it in all conditions. There's always going to be the talk of you know doing it really well in Australian conditions, the home conditions. And yes, he's dominated that, just like Bradman did. However, he's got the added advantage. He's done it in the subcontinent early in the year against a very good Indian attack in their home conditions with a young Australian team that he's had to lead and I guess lead with the bat as well. He's done it in England. You know, he's got another big test coming up in South Africa. Got no doubt that he'll pass that one with flying colours as well. 14 centuries as captain in 29 tests so far and he has led through a period of instability and through rebuild as well. And his place with the public is Philo sort of had a nice anecdote to tie it all together that he sent us on Twitter. Very well dressed pre-ballet patrons at a bistro in Sydney last night. Fortunately, there was a TV. There was mass applause when Smith reached his double ton. So he is that cut-through figure that draws us all together uh, around radios and around TV screens to acknowledge his accomplishments. Yeah, and and Simon probably had a lot more to do with him than, than most people when he was younger. You've got to try and understand that the change that's happened in this in this human being from, from what was a, a little bit of a, a surfy kind of relaxed... Um, fun-loving guy to now being the captain of Australia who's embraced that responsibility but still has that honest streak about him, you know. You, it's almost what you see is what you get and it, it's something to admire. Surfy's being generous, Buck. He was, a, <laughs> he was a podgy little leg spinner from Sutherland that batted at three when he first came in the New South Wales squad. But, uh, you know, the thing I love about him is that he's still very much down to earth. He's one of the boys. He loves a punt. He'll, he'll still have a beer with the boys and he's just churning out runs for fun. But not only that, it's the way he's leading this young group too in a new phase of Australian cricket. He went into Mitch Marsh's slipstream as the day went by yesterday as Marsh ended up posting 181 of the 301 runs in the partnership. So second fiddle for the great uh, maestro of his time. Yeah, and, and just we asked him about his, 
Well, I asked him about his concentration because that's a that's an epic effort in, in itself to, to be able to bat all day. And, and it almost looked like he came to a standstill just before tea. He had almost no energy. Um, and that's where, you know, it, you do, you, you kind of say, OK, well, over to you, mate. You, you know, your turn, you can... You can t- and, and what a foil he had in Mitch Marsh, who played unbelievably well. He just hit it so hard. And, and the English guys... They had no answers for, for the, the power of, of Mitch Marsh. I felt like he grabbed the headlines, really, Mitch Marsh. He ended up as the as the main act, certainly, for the home crowd here as the state captain and all that he's been through. And it was a joy after his great moment to catch up with him on grandstand at Stumps last night. Mitch Marsh on the verge of a century. He drives hard. He's got it. He charges off towards the crowd, towards the pavilion. How Mitch Marsh has craved this moment. A test century on his home deck, no less. It is the most exuberant celebration you would see for the milestone. A kiss of the badge, a big hug for his captain, and a lifetime ambition achieved. Mitch Marsh, a century in a test match. Congratulations. Yeah. A good feeling, I guess. Uh, great day for us. And um, what went through your body when you got there? Um, well, probably just pure elation, really. Um, I don't know, it's taken me 22 tests, so for some reason I wasn't really nervous. I was just calm my whole innings and it felt good and Smudge kept me going the whole time. And um, I don't know if I spent too long in the 90s, but I wasn't really thinking about it too much, so uh, I was just anything wide, I was just going to slash out. <laughs> How much have you wanted this moment? Oh, it's obviously. Um, you aspire to do that every game you play for Australia and for your team. So um, to have to wait this long, it's uh, very sweet. What does it mean for you to score a century for Australia? It's a good question. I, I'm not really too sure. It's obviously it's why we play. We play to win and we play to make big runs as batsmen. Um, it means a lot for me to make 100 in front of my grandparents here at the Wacker. Like, they've come to watch me every game for the last eight years and have my family here is, is, ama- is an amazing feeling so um, I think it's just um, it's a reward for all the hard work that's gone in the last eight months and uh, I'm just ecstatic I'm not a bit lost at the moment to be honest with is it emotional for you yeah very emotional yeah I was pretty emotionally out on the ground had to sort of hold together um, and you know emotional looking up at my family and my teammates walking off the ground so um, I'll be having a cold beer tonight um, spoke to you briefly before the game and you, you talked about all the work you've done with um, Scotty Muleman uh, of late. Um, maybe just give us a bit of a, an idea about that um, and, and what it's meant to, to have this opportunity just to play some shield cricket and focus on the Red Bull. Yep, oh, Scott's been amazing for my game of cricket. Um, he's pretty much changed um, the way I play and the way I defend, um, the way I think about the game and um, and I was thinking about him when I was batting out there today, how much I'd love to give him a call and can't wait to give him a call tonight. And um, He's obviously been a family friend of ours for a very long time and I got back from India and sort of sat down um, post my surgery. I was in a pretty bad place with my cricket and then um, he sort of got a hold of me and he's changed my game. So we, we were not only speaking last week how much hard work I've got to do and hopefully I've got a lot more improvement still. It was noticeable how decisive you were with your footwork, both on the front foot and back foot. Is that something that you've worked really hard with Scott about? Yeah, I finally worked out after eight years that I can't just <laughs> plonk on the front foot. Um, so I thought I'd better try and start playing off the back foot and defending off the back foot. And um, yeah, it started to work, I guess. 
And what about that celebration? That was one of the great celebrations, Mitchie. Can you remember it? No. Yeah, I'm not a jumper. Um, <laughs> You're a runner, are you? Don't, don't, have, don't have so much spring in my step, so uh, I don't know. I just sort of followed the ball and left Smudger hanging. <laughs> it's not about the step, mate. It's about that head, getting the yeah. head off the ground. Yeah, helmet was a bit hard to get off, but um, yeah, it was a great feeling. So 181, you could turn your maiden test century into a double century here. Yeah, well, maybe I could, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully uh, we'll come up tomorrow and pull up well. And, um, we're in a great position now. It's, we've had a great day, but um, we've got a chance tomorrow to really um, put, put a strangle on them and, and get a big lead. Who do you um, spend time with tonight? Who do you celebrate this with? Uh, I've, I've had a um, family barbecue planned for today, so... That works out well. Yeah, I'll just go and uh, have a beer with the old man and chill out at home with the parents. So you've eclipsed your dad's highest test score in test cricket, and you're one short of Sean, so you'll, you're a whisker off bragging rights. I'll be telling Dad straight away. <laughs> <laughs> bragging rights tonight, Mitch. Congratulations. What a marvellous moment to see you make your first test century. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And the Marsh family is assembled again in the seats just over the race where Mitch will shortly emerge to uh, pursue his double century. So the Australian side of things is, is rosy, and we'll see what happens. The English team are just gathering to our right here is how do they go about it now Chris after just being decimated yesterday? Yeah well they've got to find something and it comes within here it's got to be personal pride you've got to go out and, and, and put your body on the line throw yourself around in the field try and drive some energy if you get the ball in hand just, just try and create something we, we just didn't see enough of, of that yesterday and from oh, I just want to see who who steps up today? You know, that, that's a good test for, for, for individuals in a side. Who are the guys who, when the, the back's against the wall, find that fight that they need, even if it means that they don't lose this match? England looked flat this morning, Jared. We happened to be at their team hotel for breakfast and there's some sore bodies around. And, and probably more so than the physical side of it, it's the mental side of it. You can see that they're quite downcast. But they've got to find a way with the bat when they get their opportunity and try and take some sort of momentum out of this test into Melbourne. Imagine, though, their opening batsman. Do you, do you think that they're thinking to themselves, oh, gee, it looks flat, flat on this wicket. I'll be able to get on the front foot, play some easy drives. Nah, they'll be fending them off their nose, won't they? Yeah, I, I, if you're fooling yourself that this is flat and that crack which is running straight towards the Lily Marsh stand end is going to be easy for England to play on when the Australian quicks get hold of it. Oh, this is going to be a very lively day's cricket until it rains. Steve Smith steps over the rope and skips out and Mitch Marsh, he's got such a hulking frame to him. What an opportunity this is to finish off the job with 19 more runs and post a double century here at the Wacker. So, and then... Uh, we'll see if Australia can absolutely advance its position and really go for the England throat today. Four for 549, Steve Smith on 229 and Mitch Marsh on 181. It's uh, blue skies with the white fluffy clouds overhead, but you don't have to look far for the grey clouds that will be massing as the day goes by. So Australia, their tactics, England, what sort of level of resistance can they offer and the weather? What intervention lies ahead of us on day four? To Jim Maxwell.